Hey there, friends. You are listening to Creating Success in the Mass. And we're so happy that you're here because every week in this podcast, we teach entrepreneurs and small business owners how to grow and accelerate their money flow. Each week, we talk about strategies that not only help you grow your business, but help you grow as an entrepreneur also. The main goal in business is to enjoy what we do, to love what we do, and to be successful at it. And our goal is to help you get to the place where you want to be. And an additional thing we also love is you have an opportunity to impact your community. What a great thing that you can take your business, your idea, and you can spread that love with the people around you. We have a super fun, that's right, it's going to be fun, it's also going to be serious though. (laughs) Ready for the topic? It's marketing. Today we're going to talk about how to make marketing easier for your business. Now, for me, I am not a good writer. That is right. I am was not did not get A's on my English papers, but that's on the grammar side. When it comes to content, I love content. And that's what I want to do. If I could just get everything down on paper and all this information, and then hand it off to someone else and put it in this perfect language, then I could get A's on every written assignment ever. So when I started business, I thought, you know what, I would be a terrible blog writer. I would be terrible at writing copy for websites. My captions are going to be below par for social media marketing. And I imagine my email marketing skills are going to be downright awful. And anyone who reads anything that I write is going to be like, I am in no way, shape, or form doing business with these people. Did you see... All of the grammar issues. <laughs> he used an adjective. You're supposed to be an adverb. What is this? Where are the commas? And for a long time, I mean years, I literally went. I was like, no, 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 I do not need to be in charge of writing the copy to market any product, any service, anything that we do because my writing skills are just like terrible. That's right. That's where I came in because. I had a mom that was amazing at formal writing. She was so professional. When I was a kid, I would have to write my papers, and then she would edit them. And she would go through, and she would change everything, and she would make it so proper. And every little punctuation would be in there just where it was supposed to be. And it was all great. And I learned the formal way of saying things. Not the common, like, improper way of saying things. And you were adamant you weren't doing it. And I have all the confidence in the world that I could because my mom, as a kid, put the little red marks all over my papers all the time. So I knew how to do this. <laughs> but what did we figure out, though, about marketing and business? We figured out that I was wrong and you were actually right. Yeah, literally. Let me correct that. My mom was wrong. And you were right. <laughs> we have to be careful saying when our moms are wrong. <laughs> well, she was the one that went through and corrected everything to make it formal and proper. Right. And I do want to say, when it comes to a publishing company and a book, 
or you do an article in Newsweek or a magazine, I yes, I believe there's a level of formal writing that is needed there. Yeah. But if you're a small business entrepreneur and you won't do your marketing because you're afraid that your writing isn't going to be good, that's okay. Here is what I have learned in my experience and more importantly, what I have learned from my own mentors that conversational writing sells better. Absolutely. Because of a word called connection. So, tip number one for marketing. People buy from people they connect with. Now, before we get into product descriptors, and I always get in this because there is what we call cold, <laughs> and then there is personality. And we know this because we learned the hard way. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, when we first started, we did it, we did it wrong. Oh, I mean, let me just be honest. Here's what I did. So, hmm. Let's just say I'm selling a candle. Who else sells candles? Target. Well, let me go to Target's website. Let me look at their description of their candles. And let me just copy and paste that one. And then I'll just tweak a couple of things here, right? I mean, surely they're not going to send a cease and desist letter to a mom and pop shop, are they? Well, and if they do, I'll just delete that one. And I'll go to Walmart and I'll copy and paste there. <laughs> no, you just got the basic. Like... Got the basic the basic descriptor. And I thought, okay, this is what you need. This is awesome. No, it wasn't. No sales ever happened. And here's the thing. I was listening to a podcast, much like you're listening to one right now. And I heard someone say, you need to make your description more conversational to make a connection with your client. And so I was like, what? And so I was like, oh, and then finally I was like, so I'm going to write it how I would say it if they were sitting in front of me in person. And so literally, got my phone out, I voice recorded as if I was selling a candle or a product, whatever it was, to a person standing right in front of me in person. Then I took that recording and I put the description into my product. And do you know what happened? When people went, we got more sales out of it. There was a personal connection that came along with the conversational tone. Because here's the thing. When you're a small mom and pop store, no one actually expects you to be, be have these like A-plus perfect written things. No, and honestly, I don't even think they want that from you. If they wanted this basic description of the size and you know whatever of this candle they would just go buy it cheap at walmart or target or whatever right like they're looking for something unique and and you know personable something something that makes them feel something right so there are several ways that you can put more personal connection into your services and your products without actually having to mention the products and the services that you provide because here's something that we have learned in our multiple businesses and over these years is it's not necessarily the product that they're wanting to buy because they want the product but since there's so many people who offer it they can buy it from pretty much anyone but it is really more about who they're buying it from they're choosing to do business 
with certain companies and with certain individuals because of the connection that's being made. So, for instance, Abercrombie and Finch. We're millennials, and when we were growing up, like that was like a brand new work. And it's a big company. Well, when COVID occurred, and they started running their social media, they were running their social media like small mom-and-pop stores. Like they were going live on their social medias, and they were bringing people out like wearing the shirts and the clothing, and they were talking about how the shirts fit, and if you want this, it's like, we're going to pop the link right in the chat. You guys asked us questions, and it was like, this is Abercrombie and Fitch. This is a large company, right? And you would have thought it was a small mom and pop store, but it was very personal, it was, and I was not interested in buying this clothing. But I was kind of drawn to it because I was like, I'm just scrolling through, and I'm like, okay, what is, okay, look at them. They're out there marketing. And when I saw who it was, I was like, that's a large company, and they're doing a small business strategy. Right. How genius. Talk about being creative in your marketing, which is tip number two. Creativity. You don't have to do it the way everyone else is doing it. And honestly, you shouldn't. No, you absolutely shouldn't because as a small business, as a handmade business, as a local business, as, you know, whatever kind of small business you are, people are going to want from you different. Like, you don't want to copy and mimic the big box stores. You don't, you harness the, the, all of the creative opportunities that you as a small business have that they don't. Like, you have so many unique ways that you can do things to connect with people, to make them feel something that a large box store doesn't. Like, they can't go into Walmart and personally know the manager or personally know the owner of Walmart. Or they can come into your store or your website or whatever it is, and they feel like they personally know you. And so if you would not focus on trying to mimic the big box stores and focus on just being the unique you, the creative, you know, using all of the creative opportunities that you have, it, it is, it's invaluable. Right. No, very good. And I think this, the main thing about this is be you. Your small business, show up like one. Right. Show up. Right. How in... How disingenuous and awkward is it if, you know, you're just a, a, you know, small little boutique in a small downtown Main Street and you're acting like a, you know, Walmart or a Target or this, like, a large franchise box store. It just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel, it it feels kind of like, it doesn't feel true. Right. And... So, and another, another thing that we've also figured out is feelings and emotions. We have discovered that when you can put emotion and feeling into something, it will sell. So, just a little bit ago, we said don't do what the big companies are doing. However, you need to observe and look and see what big companies are doing. So, if you've ever watched the Super Bowl and you see a lot of commercials, People know that Super Bowl commercials tend to be funny. And funny and laughter produces emotions that make people feel good. 
And so literally, how many commercials do we see that it's just showing a story of people and it's completely just filled with emotion and it makes the audience feel a certain way and at the very end, you see the brand logo pop up. It had nothing to do with that company at all. But because the brand came up and you saw the people in the commercial and how they felt and made you feel good too, like, oh, yes, obviously I should check that company out. That company, that brand, that logo gives me a feeling now. And so as a small business, you can do the same thing. You can instill feelings and emotion in the way that you write your descriptions on your products, the way that you write your captions on your social media, your email marketing, and so forth. Yes. I mean, this is, I could make a whole entire course over, over this because there is so many different aspects from the creating to the way that it's received that has to do with emotions. I mean, you can go Google it. You can go, it is a huge topic in in marketing. And, you know, think about the shredder toilet paper. Like, it's toilet paper that you wipe nasty stuff with and you put it in the toilet and you flush it. Right. What does that have to do with a bear? Like, what does a bear have to do with any, any of it? Not just a bear, it's the three little bears. Right. Well, when you when your eye sees three little fluffy, soft, like cute little bears, it generates the inside of you to start feeling something. Right. And even though the bear actually has nothing to do with a piece of toilet paper, you connect that because of the emotion that you start feeling. Right. So that's an example of a large company that is using emotion. In a specific way, and like I said, there's so many ways you can endpoint input the emotion into it. Oh, don't worry, I have some. I'm ready to give you some ideas that you can do in your marketing as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, or you can pause it, <laughs> go do one, come back and listen to the rest. No, 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 just listen to the rest, and then go get sidetracked on but, doing it. So we're going to give you some ideas here that you can use this with, and we'll probably tell stories and talk about them as well. So one is literally you can, you know, in TikTok we have the idea of entertaining. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to do TikTok because I'm not going to dance, right? But you have to understand what does entertainment instill? It instills like happiness and a certain level of feelings. So storytelling is a great way of being able to entertain your audience to get more engagement to increase that reach and get people to connect with you so a lot of times i tell people like when you tell a story don't focus on telling a story to an to an audience of an auditorium focus on telling a story to an individual person because when it comes to social media or really any kind of marketing People aren't sitting in a room together, like in an auditorium, and being marketed to. They're being marketed to individually because that's how our audience receives us. They're either receiving us on a tablet or a smartphone or on TV or radio or podcast. They're receiving it individually. So make sure that when you have a really great story that you kind of have in mind, you know, this is like the feeling that a customer of mine got or the way that I felt in a certain situation, if I tell that story and I'm speaking to the individual, that is a really great way to get a connection. Right. The connection 
make and no liking trust, which makes the person feel like they can see themselves in the conversation with you. They can see themselves in that situation. So, other way you can do this is also, I've seen people do this, you can literally take popular memes and you can edit them and put your own text on them that relates to your own audience. So, if you happen to work in, uh, well, I already said candle making, so we're just going to stick with it. If you sell, maybe you make hand-poured candles, right? Well, in what ways... People who absolutely love candles, like every time they go to a store, they get a candle. What are some of the thought processes that go through their mind about candles and how can you make interesting or funny memes with that to get a little bit of some entertaining to that audience to build some connection? Right. And, you know, I don't think you, you can also, it, it's really any emotion. I know you keep talking about laughter and funny because that's the feel good and that's what most people want. Most people want a feel good, happy, whatever. But, for example, with your candles, um, sentimental, like, uh, is, is a great way that you can automatically uh, connect with somebody because they have their own story that goes with that emotion. So, if you're selling the candles, right, and you have a cranberry candle, if you um, tell your story about, like, how your mom or your grandma or your aunt or, or whoever it was always burned this, you know, cranberry candle, and so now every time you eat or smell cranberries, it just makes you think about the holidays and the warm, you know, happy times over at your grandma's house. Like, they're going to start triggering and tagging their own memories into it just off of the feeling. So, you're talking about this warm, fuzzy, you know, happy, uh, connected, loved feeling. And they're going to just input their own story into that. And you immediately have them connected to whatever it is once you triggered their story. Right, you see experience really that actually very much connects them into something like, whoa, I want that feeling. Right. I want to be part of that. I want that I want part of that experience. Right. And so the connections completely got them into a position to like, okay, I'm ready to check out. Right. But when we first start, you know, marketing, we think about, you know, listing all of the features. So like this candle is twelve ounces and it's hand poured with a soy wick and it doesn't, um, you know, put off like black smoke and um, it burns for 12 hours and like all of those things are, are not going to like really trigger any type of emotional connection to right. anything. So, but now if you changed it and you were talking about your grandma's house or you talked about um, how it like burns, it lasts forever, you feel like you got your money, you feel like you get your money's worth, it doesn't um, overpower the scent of your house, it's just a nice, uh, comfortable like smell, then like people will start triggering and relating to that. So it doesn't have to be, you don't have to, um, you know, when you first start into it, you're like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to sit here and tell my whole life story. That seems like, 
really overwhelming. Like, who's going to want to buy this if I'm constantly telling all these stories? I don't even know if I have enough stories. And that's not really, you don't, it, that is a huge benefit and people will relate to that. But don't put so much pressure on um, doing that. Just kind of focus on talking a little bit more about, like, things that people want or would want to feel or, you know, would make them happy or, or would make them feel. Or focus on how it makes you feel yeah. and then put that in there. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, a lot of things are just problem solvers. So, like, one thing about candles is, like, some people do not like an over, like, aroma powerful candle. And so, if you know the candle is more of a mild lighter, right. then it is. It's. I mean, I can remember going to restaurants and ordering fish, and it's like, oh, I want fish, but, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of seafood. And when it says mild flavored, you're like, okay, I'll get that. Right. Because it's, it's like, oh, oh, this is not going to taste super fishy, but it's going to have the fish texture, which is kind of what I'm looking for. Right. And so it's, it, you're providing a connection mm-hmm. in that that has to do with a little bit of a problem-solved experience of like, right. look, I've had fishy fish. Right. I wasn't really a fan of it, although right. I do kind of like fish. And so mild flavored, it's like, okay, this is a safe mm-hmm. choice. Right. Yep. And whenever you are kind of in a problem-solve mode, then you are naturally going to start targeting and triggering um, feelings and emotions and hang-ups and hold-ups. And, you know, if like, back to the big box stores, they don't do that. Like, you're not going to see, um, you know, mild flavor on a, on a candle description or, like, jar. But as a small business... That's you have that uh, that option and opportunity, and any time you get feedback from your customers on anything, use that. That that is a hundred percent content right there. It is. So take what they say and use it. Yeah, testimonials are by far one of the best things you can get because you do get an authentic, genuine view of how they felt because of it. Or what it helped provide for them. And so absolutely use those whenever you can. And it doesn't have to be done by just like, I mean, you can take a screenshot, you know, of like the review that you get or, you know, or what they said about it. And that's fine. Or you can take it and you can turn it into more of a story and get more of a bigger impact about it. Right. So for me, when I was first starting in business, I, um, it felt very hard, and it felt very overwhelming, and it felt um, very... I made it cold because I thought, like, I felt salesy and sleazy and scammy, and, like, you know, I just naturally put up this wall of, like, coldness. Mm-hmm. And then I tried to mimic the, you know, the, the cold stores, right? And then when I realized, like... People were connecting with me when I was real, when I was genuine, when my kid was, you know, you know, in the shop or when my dog was in that video or when I talked about like a personal story, people connected and then I was like in the community and they were like, you know, I was at the library with my kids and they started like 
it's this lady came up and she's like, oh, you're the lady I watch and, and your kids are so cute. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks for watching. At that point is when I realized, you know, my people are connecting with me in, in my small business because I am a small business because I have these unique aspects that these real life, like real life things. And when I started inputting all of that more into it, it got easier. Marketing got easier because I was being genuine and I was being true and real rather than just trying to be cold and salesy and big box stores. Right. Yeah, it really does help because if you can just be you in marketing, it takes the fear level out of it because you're like, look, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, this is what I provide, this is how I help people, I'm super passionate and I absolutely love this, it's not necessarily about making the money, but about like connecting and helping my community and providing something for them, Right. and when your marketing comes from a place like that, people can't help to be one of, they'll want to be part of it, and you know what, other businesses around you will be like, I want to be like that too. Right. And imagine an entire main street or an entire small town of businesses that everyone is just like, hey, come on in. Like, we got what you need. Like, if you can't find it here, well, I'm going to let you know where you can get it. Right. And at that point, it's a community that works together. Right. And, and it just provides all types of different types of growth and connection for people. Right. So I know marketing is a sticking point for most of us. And it was for us. When we first started, we had it all wrong. You know, like we thought I was going to write the formal stuff and that was going to, you know, be the game changer. But what actually was a game changer was when you started writing the copy in a conversational, like not proper, not formal way. Like that's where people started connecting. And so we had all this pressure built up and we were so scared of marketing and we had all these wrong ideas of what marketing was and what it wasn't. And, you know, we were putting all of our eggs in these baskets that were just not, like, you know, actually helpful. And we weren't getting anywhere. And, um, like, you know, when we changed it, then that's when, like, things changed. Yeah, and, and it really, from a reverse perspective, whenever we have seen other people... Do this that we're doing the same method and the same idea. When I would read their stuff, I'd be like, "Oh, I could, I can actually hear a voice. I can, in a way, feel like they're talking." Right. And it made it so much more personal that you that that you felt more comfort. And the comfort is really the first stage of really wanting to get someone connected with you and getting getting into a comfortable or getting into a place to purchase is just being comforted. Right. And when we say, you know, at first when we started transitioning into this, I thought that meant like sharing funny memes and yeah. sharing, you know, all these things that I like. And you don't want to do that. You do want to keep it true to your business and your brand and what you have. Um, don't go sharing all these other random things on there trying to be personable. Just input you into what you have. Yeah, absolutely. Alright, well we hope today's episode, we feel like today's episode is going to help you out. You can always reach out to us and connect with us and our social media. You can always DM us and ask questions. But until next week, keep on rolling. Well hey creative friends, we hope you enjoyed today's episode and you go take action in your business. 
If you really enjoyed this episode, we hope that you definitely subscribe to us. And if you know some creative friends out there, go ahead and share to them. For next time, we'll be here, same time, same place.